Welcome to Encounter. This is a podcast and radio show where we seek to encounter Christ, culture, and community. In this week's episode, we dig deep into the idea of root to fruit when it comes to isolation versus community. So as believers, we know that we are called to be a part of the body of Christ. Paul talks about this extensively, and we are called to be a part of a community. And there are different times in the Bible where God calls us to temporary moments of isolation in order to kind of isolate our communication with him. And it is pretty clear that there are some good and bad reasons to be involved in community and involved in isolation. So let's get to the root of what some of the, the fruits of community and isolation might be. And so as we talk tonight, we, we go to scripture and we share some experiences about why we may personally have been avoiding community or avoided isolation or vice versa. So um, this is one of those episodes that sticks with me um, throughout the, the following week. It's the, the words root to fruit have kind of been integrated in my vocabulary as I go about my daily life. And um, we just pray that through this, the most important thing that happens is you figure out and get to the bottom of why you may not be um, abiding in Christ uh, as fully as you uh, could be, um, so that you seek out the holy, biblical, Christ-centered versions of community and some of the purposeful, um, Christ-driven, isolated moments that you could be embracing Him. So we pray that you are actively diving into your Bibles and trying to figure out what that looks like. But in the meantime, we pray that you encounter Christ culture and community on this podcast. I'm just going to keep this is what happens when Welcome to Encounter. Yeah, it's got, all right, that was pretty good. <laughs> Welcome to Encounter. Joe. Finish uh, it off. The show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Whose line is it anyway? Uh, all right, so I'll have to record the intro before we start. Uh, so <laughs> this episode um, I, we are revisiting our one of our favorite topics, but with a twist. Um, and so we've been using the language a decent amount since since we read Gospel Fluency of Root to Fruit or Fruit to Root and what that means. Lots of fruit, very fruit. fruity. And uh, what that means in life. And since we've we've you know read that book, looked at different scriptures, uh, and then used it to do some introspection in that episode, I, for me, it's come up constantly. And I was just listening to a Matt Chandler series, and he's going through... Um, um, revelation and he constantly quotes it um i don't know if he's just like on a kick about it has nothing to do with revelation oh, he, so that's an he barely ta- i mean to- it, it's 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 strange he he doesn't exegete like at all like he he just go he like reads it and then applies it to today not in prophecy but in like but this it, is what the heart of it is yeah yeah okay. and then and it's like you know seven seals and then somehow we're on like marriage you know what <laughs> I mean? uh, yeah. but i'm saying he's been bringing up root of fruit a lot um in it so Joe, do you want to give us a quick, quick synopsis? Oh, wait. First of all, I want to say this. I had this realization the other day. Well, I'll give you a, I'll stall for you for a second while you look at Root to Fruit. Okay. Um, we, I, this is a home group. This is a Bible study with Mike. <laughs> you just had this revelation. No, but like the idea of like, we talk about home groups. Like it's literally a home group where we put mics in front of our face. Yeah. Like that, that just was an epiphany to me. Not I thought, the Bible I study you said, part, the home group part. The home group. Like okay. I keep talking about how we want small groups and like yeah, we, yeah, you know, yeah, we yeah. like we believe in their purpose at Acts two. And it's like that's what for some reason the mics removed me from the idea of a being a Bible study 
That's a home group. It's going to sound weird because I heard lights. And I was like, well, a lot of home groups have lights. So I don't think think we're special in that. Yeah, we're special. We have lights. And uh, one encouragement um, for the listeners. I don't know you there yet because I'm kidding. Oh, you're saying, okay. Okay. Yeah, just I was not expecting you. This is the first time looking at it since the episode we did. But seriously, uh, all right, keep going. One one encouragement, though, for like if you do, if you are listening, um, what is what happens here? Uh, at the podcast stays here um <laughs> is something that can be replicated very easily um by people much um more or less equipped than us to read the bible um so you know we're, we're talking about starting a like a, a small group or a home group where we just open the bible and there's not and i mean there's not a lot of difference between what we're doing right now and what I would hope every small group looks like eventually, where you just you, you commit to a topic or a scripture, the topic would be grounded in scripture, and you just talk it out, you talk through it. Um, and I think a lot of times when we think about um, Bible studies, we think of someone imparting information. And, and like what I really want to focus on for the one that we're starting, and the one, it's the same heart you guys have that we've been developing over the years, it's like, you know, don't feed the fish teach them how to fish, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's take it one step further though. Did I say it right? No, don't you said it right. Fish. I was making sure no. you said it right. Don't no. feed them the fish. No. Don't you feed don't, them the you fish. You said don't feed fish. Don't feed the like, like, fish, dude. <laughs> um, spear fish. Um, but the, I, I think it's actually one step further. It's, it's not just teach people how to read the Bible. It's teach people how to read the Bible and do that together. Like mm. learn how to read the Bible together. It's, yeah. it's like the whole process is like, is, I think that we stay in tier one of, of the, so if it's just like teach people how, learn how, and then the next one would be, you know, teach, uh, sorry, teach people the Bible, teach people how to read the Bible. The third tier would be learn how to read the Bible with other people and break it down and, and through discussion base. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we hear discussion, remember years ago when we started doing discussion to the young adults, mm-hmm. it was, we heard, got the feedback, like, what are you just hippy dippy just sitting around talking about what you think about the Bible? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that comment by a particular person who, um, and, uh, yeah, I was like, no, just, we were reading the Bible and studying and then we're talking about it. Like, it's almost yeah. like, it's like, it's almost like a, the way I described it back then, it's actually changed to now, but like read, explain, relate. We're just doing the relate in the discussion, but it's actually the read and explain is also part of the It's the being done process. as a group. Yeah. 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 So well, it's always it, been meant to be like that. It has been. Like, I mean, if you think about it, think, if you think about Jesus' time, like they didn't know about individual Bible study. They went to a synagogue to, yeah. to, to, to they didn't have they didn't have individual Bibles. Yeah. They talked about it in communities. Like that's yeah. how they mm. bounced ideas off one another and that's how they memorized it, speaking of liturgy. But that's how they like it wasn't no one would have any concept of like just going home and reading my Bible. It's like that wasn't yeah. a thing. Mm. Like I mean, isolation more isolated things would be prayer. That would be more in you know, the, yeah. but as far as Bible study goes, it's meant to be read in communities. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and so he mentioned it, but when we talk about root to fruit today, we're talking about um, isolation and community. Like what's the root to fruit for each of those? So Joe, mm-hmm. what is root to fruit? What does that, what does that mean? Um, okay. So, uh, I stalled. So, so, yeah, I was you did, say, you stalled did, for then, so long. But then we got onto that and then my, sorry. Okay. Yeah, so, so he can't multitask. So, so, so. The root to root <laughs> essentially is whatever. And I'm glad we're going through this again, actually, because I need to, but the fruit to root is, Whatever fruit that you're experiencing in your life, be it positive or negative, can be traced back to a root belief that you have or you're holding mm. deep down in your heart slash brain. 
So the 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 point to do fruit to root is to look at the fruit and then trace it backwards to find the root of it. So questions to do that would be uh who is God? What has God done? Who am I in light of God's work? How should I live in light of who I am? Um and then so the fruit there would be how should I live in light of that or that's that's just one of the questions to get down. There. That's to get it. But but the fruit so the fruit the root to fruit would be reversing it. And then, so when you're going through an area of unbelief, it would say, what am I experiencing right now? In light of what I'm experiencing, what do I believe about myself? What do I believe God is doing or has done? What do I believe God is like? And then when you honestly and transparently answer those questions, you find the area that you need to repent of truly. And... That is where heart change should come from, mm. but I mean, this isn't a this is a very biblical concept. Jesus was very big on fruit, and we talked about it in last episode, two episodes ago, about the cursing of the fig tree and like the like that's in every single gospel. That's one of the only things that's in every gospel, like the the cursing of the fig tree and like how we're supposed to have and show fruit, um, which we will, but it might positive it might be negative so when the negative is evident then you got to trace it back to why and that's basically this the synopsis of fruit the root so uh, like john 15 is what i read last night the to i am the vine yeah the vine mm -hmm. just because i was looking up mm -hmm. versus really the fruit to be okay. honest and just to i don't know if we can link it to this at all but like you said it's a very political concept of fruit but also Real quick though, just as a side step before I read this, just thinking of like um, the poor widow who puts the money, the two and, and then yeah. and then the the rich man who's not you know he turns away, um, well chooses to turn away, like that is a root to fruit moment, mm. right? Like her fruit was giving everything, mm -hmm. and the root was devotion and you know willing to give everything, and mm -hmm. his fruit was unable to follow Christ and give everything mm -hmm. because deep down the the issue wasn't the fact that he had money. It was, he wasn't willing to give it up and devote it. So like, I, I think every time Christ asks questions or he has like a, a, a parable is really like getting to the root of some yeah. sort of fruit. And I think a lot of times when you read, like we've talked about this many times, but like when we talk about the, when Jesus, um, I think it was the last episode with the bread um, when he says like, I'm the bread of life because he, he mm -hmm. wants them to realize that they're looking for bread and he's not going to provide that forever. He's saying, mm -hmm. it's me you want. Right. Like that is cutting at the heart of those people. Right. Like the, the, that's the root of what they're following. They're, they want, so like everything he did was about the root. Correct. It's yeah, not just a biblical concept in him talking about fruit. Right. It's yeah. Like, remember when we talked about the two ways of teaching and Jesus spoke in parables for m many reasons, but one of them being that it, it got to the heart of God as mm -hmm. opposed to the, the, the way to walk. It's more of like getting to the heart behind everything. Mm. I, like, don't not. Hmm. So, so, so some rabbis. Hey, we just came so some rabbis yeah. would teach through halakha, and that would just be like literally rules. Like this is what that's you what I was trying. Do. The word I was trying yeah, to find was yeah. rules. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that hurt. Yeah, it did. He yeah. got halakha. You got He's a Um, and then yeah, and the parables would be haggadah, and that's just <laughs> getting to. That's just the ice cream the or part of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even yeah. close. Salty caramel. Haagen-Dazs and Halakha? 
Haggadah. Haggadah. It's the second uh, one. Well, they said Halakha. That's the first. That's the. Uh, that's the rule. Uh, somebody wasn't listening. Uh, Hal- okay. Halakha or Haggadah. <laughs> yeah, he said somebody wasn't listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gotcha. But yeah, but so you're right. Yeah. Uh, but the, the more point we said, of parables is to, to get to the heart. And a lot of times we're looking at like things and trying to apply it to us, and it was specifically at the Pharisees, like the parable yeah. of the lost son, Luke mm-hmm. 15. It was like at yeah. the Pharisees. That's the point was. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's if you don't know who the audience is, you don't understand the heart that's and the root that's being addressed. Right. And so, and, the, then, the, and, you, and, and then you can still apply it to yourself. Like, well, how am I being fair? I mean, not, not in its, but the right, not its goal. Like, you, if its goal was something yeah. for the Pharisees for an impending doom or something like that, the, the goal was not applied to you. But like, how can I not be Pharisaical? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like mm. see what they do and. Don't do like you yeah, know, yeah like which the, isn't a problem. It's just also like you can read Doctor Seuss and also get like really nice things out of it. Correct, right? right. Then, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you want to get the the root, yeah, of it and the actual correct root that was intended to be addressed. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, so uh, the verse for John fifteen four: Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself; it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine; you are the branches. If a man Remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the idea would be, like, if Christ, the, in the accurate understanding of Christ is at the root of your actions, then the fruit would produce. Mm-hmm. So the idea would be, for root to fruit, you want to have your root aligned um, and in sync with Christ, and that would be what produces um, the correct fruit. I know it's like a really basic concept, but... Mm-hmm. We're talking about root to fruit. Mm-hmm. It, it is important to note we're not just like abstractly picking out different Christian concepts. It's like Christ is supposed to be the thing that we align with at the root, and an appropriate understanding of Him. I, I don't know if this uh, analogy works, but I does. think I don't know uh, if using like that that vine slash like root to fruit tree kind of example. If Jesus is the water or the nutrients that you're filling and rooting yourself in, then the fruit will then be healthy, good fruit. Mm. I don't know if that works or if. I don't know. Hmm? I think yeah. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Cool. I like it. All right. So <laughs> I think you're going to keep going. So no. I don't know how to go. No, it works. Good job. There <laughs> <laughs> oh, we go. All right. So uh, let's look at the, the concepts of isolation and community in, in the light of root and fruit. Um, so. If, so I guess the idea and how we're going to talk about this tonight would be if you are in isolation, what is the root of that? Is that what we're looking at? If if we are if we are isolated from a community of believers, what is the root of that? Or is is it what is is isolation the root of, of eventual fruit? Or is isolation the fruit of something? Yeah, deep? is isolation a fruit or root for a point of our conversation? What are you thinking? I think it would be a fruit. Okay. And the root would be uh, anxiety, depression. It could be, it could be a, a lot, lot of things. things. Like just whatever's causing you to want to isolate. From community, right? From other from believers. Com- from, yeah. Just yeah. trying to make sure our terms yeah, yeah, are set yeah, yeah, for yeah, the conversation. Yeah, from, so. yeah, from community, what makes you, what is making you want to isolate? Yeah. And um, in the rare case that it's a in the rare case that it is a root, oh. I don't know. It, it, I think it's like a fruit that is root that then bears more fruit. Does that make sense? It's like well, a because it's a chain cons- reaction. Yeah, it can you know? stack. Because so, I was thinking like uh, if you are isolated and it's almost forced. Yeah. So that that was the, that's the that's the that's a rarity. How often is that happening? 
Maybe a lot, though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of one. I can't think of one. Um, yeah, the, the, <laughs> so if you go from isolation as the root and you're, and you're, you feel that like as yeah. a state of mind, you know what I mean? It, whether physical or not, then the, the fruit of that would be, you know, less spiritual fruit being produced. I mean, you could just go with like, you know, Hebrews talking about, you need to be plugged into a body mm-hmm. and don't forsake this. Um, but all right. So if you are isolated, your tend your tendency is to not be a part of a community. What is the root of that? Your, if your tendency, your so, tendency is to so, not want to, or you're, well, you're in an era right now, you're in a stage right now. Well, let's just say you, you're. Uh, are we talking about isolation as a choice? Yeah. Okay. So if you're choosing isolation, yeah, over community, right? Let's talk about the root to fruit of that, because I'm sure that's a decent amount of people. And and all right, so there's so many different ways we have to define here. But like for for community, what do we mean? Like, what does a healthy community look like, and what does being isolated from that look like? Within the within the biblical, B- biblical yeah, I would definition. say community of believers that want to study and serve, share life together, share life together. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean that 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 last part is mostly left out, right? Like a, a real right, community right. of people. Yeah, means like you know you coming over and buying my kid like new stars for her bedroom. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like community is is people sharing life together, eating Chinese food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like community of people where you're sharing ups and downs and studying the word together, worshiping together, um, just to establish that. And then isolation is you don't have that at all. You may even go to like, a, I don't know, like a worship, you may go to a church where you sink in the background and have no community and leave, mm. right? That you yeah. could go to a church where you fade in and you could might as well watch it online. Right. And the, a point that this um, author makes about uh, that is that COVID exposed that church has mostly isolated members because they, nobody suffered from the lack of community when they were forced to only watch online. But that was a good point. That like a lot of people got the same out of quote unquote church when they were at home because they only went to hear the sermon anyway. Mm. So that like yeah. COVID just exposed how almost every Christian in America was isolated before COVID. They were they weren't doing the sharing life part. Yeah. They were just being a literally physically amongst people and that was it yes yeah. so mentally and emotionally isolated but physically amongst people yeah yeah so i i think even that i would put in this category of isolation mm-hmm. like not sharing life and not actively worshiping and communing with each other because we're calling that a choice like you're choosing not to yes. open yes. up yes. and yes. and be involved some people pick churches where they can only fade in and like they a mega church or something like that where it's or like, not even just even it doesn't have to be mega like where it's like you know it would be you, you could go a long time to a church and not maybe asked to serve, not be, mm-hmm. you know, addressed by the pastor just because you can sneak out. Like, you might pick a church based on that as opposed to, like... It's just got to be common. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so if you are someone who desires that, what is the... what? Like, just talk about it. Like, what roots do we see to the fruit of chosen isolation? Well, I mean, this could be like a million. Extra. It could be, yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, guys, we're not judging you if this is you, but like, if you're listening and this is you, but also like, do some root the fruit, and like, this is what we see because I have been in this before. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I was, gonna say, I was gonna say, coming out of that right now. Yeah, like, yeah, me a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm even thinking of like when, um, when, the, when the COVID restrictions were starting to be lifted, and like I was able to start getting plugged in right mm-hmm. away. I drug my feet a little bit. Mm. 
Like there were some aspects of convenience that were nice, you know. So, so you're saying you're less because of COVID, more because of like I preferred like isolation like, yeah, at yeah. some point, you know. And I'm only talking about like five or six times I, I avoided events, mm-hmm. you know. And that brings up a, a good first one of one of those routes. It might just be the convenience of it. It's easier not to share. It's easier not to get involved. It's easier not to to show your heart, to show, to be involved, to to give of yourself. So I would continue to ask questions though, because I don't think you're at the full route. You're like, let, you're yeah, just I, under the soil. Okay. Like, if I were to say, if, if you were to say, I don't go to, I don't want to go back to church and be a part of a community because of convenience, mm-hmm. then I would say, like, what do you believe about God that He needs to be convenient to serve? What do I believe about God that needs to be convenient? See, all these always take me like a really long so, time like, to do. What do you what do you think about God that convenience is even a factor in how you serve him? Do you think he's that worth serving? I was gonna say that it's about me and not about him. Okay. That's one part of it. Do you think that God is good enough and worthy enough to be served, mm-hmm. regardless of convenience? Right. And but for me, that was what it would come down to is like, is God even worth it? Is it is like He deserves everything. He deserves everything. And um no, no, if convenience is in play, I, the root of it is just like, do you really believe God is all-powerful and he's good? Do you believe that he gave everything? Mm. He gave his son. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's, what, that's what I thought of when you said that. Though. I mm-hmm. think convenience is like what you prefer, but like, what, mm-hmm. do you, what does that say about your belief about God? Um, like, I think, an, so convenience, I think, is one. I think another one is the fear or lack of desire to have accountability in your life. So if I if you prefer isolation, you let people into your house. You, um, you know, if I if I were buying, if I just bought a like I have a, a truck that's five years old now, but today that's perfectly working condition. If I bought a new Ford Raptor today for eighty grand, one of you would say something to me about it. No. Yeah, like a I don't know, like a Fiesta Red. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Ouch. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, that's um, a, it's a, it's fine. No, um, <laughs> let's get to the root of that. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why did you? Yeah. Um, but no, I go. Yeah, yeah. I, you would it, it would feel uncomfortable for you guys to be like, oh, what's that? I'm like, it's a new truck. You know, I'd feel embarrassed to tell you about that. I mean, you, mm. it's, yeah, because you guys know me and know what I what I desire. And you'd right. be like, that doesn't Especially make sense. Especially if for... you had both. Yeah. Like, if, <laughs> if I came and I was, you know, like, it's just another one. I would, multiple I'd be cars like, is crazy. Why? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, that I think that accountability would kind of creep in. Or let's just say, like, you know, you open my fridge and it's stocked full of, like, just straight up liquor and, like, yeah. you know what I mean? You guys would be like, you'd be like, hey, is there something, something going on? You know, like, yeah. It's not just the dude you saw a beer. It was like 15 cases or something. You know, be like, okay, there's a level of accountability. You, you invite, didn't invite me to the community. Yeah. You didn't invite me to the party. What's going <laughs> yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Say, uh, say you go to a church where you just sneak in and sneak out, and you don't really make friends with people, but you got some questionable stuff on social media. It's like, well, if you don't really make friends with them, they can't really, you know, and they don't mm, know. They'll this, never know. They'll never know this life you're living, or yeah, you know, um. Or just your general interests or desires. If you talk to somebody in a community and like, oh, so what do you do? And it's like, none of it has anything to do with God at all. Like, mm. none of it. Like, it's it's like, oh, you know, that, that becomes, now it's, it eventually becomes an issue if, if they become your friend. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, listen, you need to serve somehow. Yeah. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I, I, and I think that that works um, and I don't want to impose any, like, I'm not thinking of names I'm trying not to think of names of, uh, uh, but like, I, I'm trying to think of myself and like why I have ever avoided certain things and preferred mm-hmm. isolation. It's usually to do with either convenience or at some points, the desire to not be held accountable in certain areas. But that's that one's been a long time. That was since I was like a teenager. That's that's the only time I can think of it. I for sure didn't want to. Going back to our earlier conversation before we start recording, I think for me it it sometimes is uh, getting hurt and then retreating and not wanting to mm. confront somebody. So then I isolate, and it's like, well, I'm just not going to talk. I just won't deal with the issue mm-hmm. and won't yeah won't reinsert myself into the community anymore because then I can't get hurt. Yeah, that, that's that's a big one. If you've ever experienced church pain, mm. and, you know, and it's like, well, why even, why even try, why even, it's just going to happen again. Even if you, even if you understand why it happens, it's like, yeah, the church is God's people, but made up of sinners. So, not by anyone's fault, really, but there's a potential that I could get hurt again. So why, mm-hmm. why even? And and that's what um, Pastor Seth made a distinction the other day between the two types of church. Two types of churches, like uh, that. The, there's the church that is gospel preaching, reaching the the lost, and pulling in so many sinners that are being converted that their sinful lives are being drug into the church, and the church has caused pain. Yeah. Or the the type of church that's just spiritually dead, right? You know, and that it mm. is is dying slowly. Like that first church is the healthy church, right? And, and yeah. that's the one that causes pain. So, like mm. the idea of so, if you get to the root of that, you know, you're afraid of hurt. You believe that the church is, I don't know, you would, what would that be? Failed expectations of that the church is perfect. You don't believe that God is good. Yeah. Because he's, his church isn't. Or that he can heal, like, in a situation, mm. or that. Yeah. Like the redemptive part of it. Yeah. Healing. Yeah. yeah. Relational healing. Yeah, you're not believing in the whole Matthew 18 process of, like, confronting a brother. I mean, that's, I'll admit that 100%. Mm. I and we, we talked about this at like group therapy, where it's just like the gospel is messy. Like there's mm-hmm. a mis I think there's a misconception where it's like it's where it's not. Mm. Because but it, it is messy. It, for exactly what Pastor Seth said. It's it is the life changing power of sinful people. So Jesus talks about it, it's like I, I came to cause division. Mm. Now that has a lot of meanings, but 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 it does one divide is between spirit and flesh. And that's a lifelong mm-hmm. battle where, where those are fighting against one another and they're fighting against one another in you and they're fighting against one in another believer. So mm-hmm. if you get hurt by that other believer, well, best believe it was the sin part of, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. it's like the fight spilling over. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like yeah, exactly. Knocking into. Yeah. Okay. Do it's kind of like, a, you know, dom- not dominus, but oh, more like an explosion. Like just trying to think like things are. It isn't intentional. Well, Something like, going it, on in you. It's would like hurt a glass. Him. You could fill up. You could overflow yeah, 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 with the yeah, yeah. spirit, or you could mm-hmm. overflow with sin at points, and 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 get sin on other people, like mm. and and mm. hurt people. I heard this quote the other day that I like now, and it, it made, I thought of it when we were talking about so far. Kate Moss, the, the the model. She somebody asked like, "Do you want something to eat?" And she said, "No." And like, "Why?" She said, "Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels." Um, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but like her whole idea is like, if people believed that being skinny felt great, then they would put the donut down. 
but they don't believe that the outcome of being healthy is as good and mm. feels as good as the desire, as the, the, the delight you get from eating. And um, I know that's like a stupid thing a model said, but like- that, that, That's actually profound. Um, that's genius. And a teacher actually said it. They were, you know, handing out something. They walked in and I handed him a cookie. He's like, ah, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. And I looked it up after and I saw where it was from. <laughs> um, but that's the root to fruit is like, especially for things like, um, I don't know, addictions, private, public, whatever they might be, uh, you know, alcohol, lust, um, do you believe that God's pr correct way to practice sexuality and sobriety is more fruitful and more enjoyable and more joy-filled than what you get in the moment that you indulge in the sin? So it's that that that's that was an eye-opening um, mm. from that one book that I read. Um, I forget what it was called, the one about uh, addictions. Um, but it was the idea of like if you really believed that at if you could uh, conquer that addiction, that you'd be full of joy um, from the outcome of that, that it'd be a lot easier. It's just hard to see the the, the promised land when you're when you yeah, don't know and, what it is. And correct. You don't like, do I really believe the promised land is going to be as good as God says it'll be? Right. If and you I, do, it might be easier to walk. Correct. <laughs> and right, that it makes sense. But I think where people get hung up the most is people think in extremes, or or people don't think it. I don't know what I'm trying to say. So it's like, take that, take a, a drug addiction or, or whatever, a lust addiction, where it's like, um, which one do I want? To, uh, just take a, Go a with drug. Drugs. It's more tangible. That's why it's like more like obvious of what mm. people people don't think in the extremes, where it's like, wow, like, especially if you're a Christian struggling with a drug addiction, like, so what are the opposites? The promised land is like living this life of joy, spirit filled life of joy. If you know, if you're living under God's way, and then the other extreme is like I'm hung, I'm I'm strung over on Kensington, mm. and it's like, well, one, they both seem so far out of the realm. You know what I mean? Say, say you're just messing around with weed, and you're like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go start doing fentanyl on Kensington, you know? But yeah. like, but like, and it's also like, you you don't, you may not know what that you're right, you're right, like you don't know what it feels like to live that in sobriety. Right, that that much, yeah, or even moments when you were like, the, or you know, so it's like you, you can't see the extremes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you just like you just like you kind of hang around in the middle. Yep. Where it's like now I'm just a Christian that like, smokes weed on the weekends because it's like yeah I'm not gonna go nuts and be like, you know what I mean? You kind of create yeah. your own moral thing where it's like I'm not gonna go nuts and end up down here. Yeah. But I'm also not gonna cut every joy out and, and it's yeah. like there's really joy in that, you know? And it's like that's well, where. You, I mean, but the insight for me in that though is like, and this is super personal, but like I, I've, I'm always in like, okay shape. I'm never in like fantastic shape because mm -hmm. I'm just like that extra work to put in to get to fantastic shape. I don't see it being that much of a joy filled life at that point. Like I don't see the full point in having abs. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just like, why would I put in all that work? And, 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 but it's the idea of like, cause I don't see the, not the joy abs would bring, but the joy of like being completely healthy, you know? Right. Um, and living without eating anything that's like bad for your body. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, I have a hard time turning it down. It's like, what's that, what's the result gonna, like how much joy am I gonna get from that? You know, mm -hmm. um, when there probably would be a lot, I'd be a lot healthier and happier. You yeah. know, my sleep schedule might be better if I just didn't yeah. eat salt mm -hmm. or sugar or whatever it would be. Um, so anyway, again, I, those I, are I, the, the great benefits of those that you, not, it's not even worth thinking a lot of feelings-based, but sometimes it might not even be feelings-based if we're keeping it with this ab one where it's, yeah. where it's like, how much these are things that we can't quantify 
but so then we don't so we don't count them. Yeah. No pun intended. We don't even count it in like the. But like, uh, how many more years could you play with your yeah, daughter softball? Yeah. It's like, but you're not even thinking about that. But like, if you go down the other road, it's like now you can't because you're. I know you, you develop type two diabetes. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's like you, you're not thinking about those things. You're just thinking of like the oh, I'm going to look sick with a six pack, but not like the well the the yeah the longevity of life or or mm, things mm. that you can't really quantify. Yeah. Um, if you develop uh, some sort of cancer, you know, what I'm talking yeah. about, but like some things that like you can't see in the future, so you don't count them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, as, as I've gotten older, like I actually understand the longevity thing. Mm -hmm. So like I was like, since, since college, it was like a pound or two a year, you know, and gain, then, gain okay. you know, and then I was just like, you know what? That's ridiculous. Cause if at this stage, yes. like, I mean, if I live to be any decent age, it's, I'm going to have like those flaps between my legs. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I, uh, so I just cut back on the, so it's just like, I cut that obviously and I went back down to where I was, but, um, i still don't have the desire to be, you know, the, the full thing cause the joy, you know? Mm. So anyway, that, that, I, that, that concept has been in the back of my brain and it is a root to fruit concept. One layer I did want to bring to this, though, for isolation, because we we're talking about community, um, is how some isolation in the Bible that's chosen is called by God. Like, so, like, so Hebrews, um, where, where am I looking? Um, so, like, Exodus 24 through 32, where Moses is, like, called to the mountain. Like, Moses called, uh, he, Moses is called up to, to be given a vision, and he said, like, come alone. And he tells him, leave everybody behind you and, and come, I have a message for you. And I know we're not in Moses's part because we're in a different part of the Bible, you know, where, where we're living now. But it is interesting, and this happens multiple times, you know, when Jesus calls the two disciples to come see him and, you know, like um, the Mount of Transfiguration, you see God calling people to him, like isolated, giving them something special, and then having them return back to their community as a benefit for the community. So like, I, th I think sometimes isolation with the intention of, of meeting God personally, and then blessing the community you're a part of is the holy way to be isolated. You know, it's temporary, it's purposeful, and it's meaningful. You hear like so often, um, like these, the pastors that have really like healthy, successful churches will like often talk about they need once a year to go away for a weekend by themselves to like a cabin mm -hmm. and they just walk and they pray. And it's just like a spirit filled weekend where they're just reconnecting with God so they can get their heart like aligned with them. Cause there's just so much noise around them. Um, and, and they're doing the, like the Moses model where they isolate intentionally. Um, so I, I did want to also add that layer to it where there is a negative, like that would make the root of isolation sometimes a positive thing. So you said sometimes, yeah, I, yeah, I think this, the fruit of isolation can be a positive fruit if it's in the right context. Right. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like Paul in Arabia. Paul went to study the mm -hmm, desert for mm -hmm. three years with the intent of changing the world. You know, I mean, I don't know if that was his in his with brain as his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but like, what came out of that was an instant was the invention of this community. Well, yeah, that's not true. But was the well, you know was you know we're talking about the Jesus going like to the garden to pray. I mean, Jesus right. did it. Yeah, he isolated. That's the one. That's the example I was thinking of. Like prayer, we talked about it earlier. Like mm -hmm. that idea of that prayer closet. That is where. You cut off the noise from the world, and mm. you're listening and, and 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 pausing and like and trying to get reconnected to God. Like that's the part where isolation. Nothing you can't pray with other people because you 
God does talk about praying in community and and, and being of one heart, but that mm-hmm. idea of separating everything else around you to be reconnected. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that I I would see as a good isolation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and so that's why it's important to talk about the root because if you are in uh, the situation right now where you're like, wow, I, I think I isolate. It's like, don't panic. But why? You know, and that's why it's so important to, to ask the questions about root to fruit because if you, you may actually have like a, a holy root <laughs> and isolation might be a holy, holy fruit, but um, you have to actually ask yourself and be honest because unless you have somebody that's like speaking into your life that can point out the root, then you may live with a, like a, a fake root because you're unwilling to admit it to yourself, you know? Um, so like even people who have like the lust addictions, like you don't believe that God's proper design for marriage is going to be a fruit worth waiting for. Right. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, and then the sad part about that is, is if you over dilute yourself with the wrong, Im- like um, the wrong type of lusts, then your promised land is actually less valuable, you know? And it's harder to mm. enjoy. Like I, I was trying to think of how that would look like for the Israelites going towards the promised land, you know, like, if they got to enjoy like like elements of the promised land so intensely in the desert that they didn't appreciate the milk and honey when they got there. Mm. Yeah, I know that's just, I know I'm just, mean. Yeah, I'm just yeah, hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like what I believe like like and and whether visual or like actually, you know, uh, polygamy, like sleeping mm. around. Like that's you're diluting what the promised land could be to you because you're overindulging in like some of the fruit does that make sense at all? Yes, but if you're, so would you call like the if we're using keep keeping this hypothetical like the rave around the golden calf? Like the golden calf is the only thing I could think of. But was that yeah. was that like a, a a false promised land? Is that what? You're... Yeah, yeah. I mean, they try to create one like the the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. I know it's not in that same yeah you know um, time period, but like the Tower of Babel is like a connection to God is in the is in the waiting. Yes. And you tried to create your own mm-hmm. and it diluted what it might have been, right. you know? And so, yeah, that's what I, for, for specifically for, um, for like lust and drugs, that's what I was thinking of. Um, and all right, so uh, community, what, what, it, let's, I, and we can use the same phrasing for how, isolation was a fruit that could be positive or negative depending on the fruit, depending on the root. So community can be a positive or negative depending on the root. Yes. So let's talk about the positive first. So we can get to the negative second, but what is the positive root of positive community fruit? What? The opposite of everything we just so like, yeah like now what, it comes with yeah so like what is the biblical desire now to, it comes yeah. it, uh, it comes with encouragement it comes with somebody to walk through life with you in the hard mm-hmm. times it comes with um it comes with now a complete body yep of Christ because you're all multiple parts that's what I, that's what I, for Corinthians um, twelve like for you as one body had many members and all the members of the body mm-hmm. um, are one like that's exactly what you're saying mm-hmm. so yeah you all have strengths and weaknesses that yeah. Is, able to balance each other out right mm. and even like hebrews 10 19 is the one that was quoted a lot in the pandemic but and let us consider that we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together mm-hmm. as some are in the habit of doing <laughs> shots fired but encouraged one another and 
all the more you see as the day approaching. So I, I see like the fruit of, he's listing the fruit like of, of community, mm -hmm. you know, like towards love and good deeds. That's the goal. Um, and encourage one another. So yeah. if the root of it is you seek to encourage and be encouraged and to push on to, then you have the positive root. And if we're, if we're going by our commandments, as now Jesus lays them out, mm. we don't have a full, complete biblical worldview or even idea of God. Because if God equates, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, if a horizontal relationship with a vertical one, yeah, then you're only. I mean, I think Jesus, like, what's 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 a what's good. What is a good vertical relationship for if you can't affect the horizontal? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, relationship with God if leads it's not, out into leading yeah. out into relationship with man, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think we, you know, you could do infinite—not infinite, but do a very deep study on just what the church is here, if you wanted to, in order to to define community. But just looking at very basic, like, um. Is the 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 fruit of community? If the fruit of community is baptism, it's communion with God, communion with man. Um, then, the, the, if the root of that is to, to partake in those things, edify, then you're good, you're mm -hmm. good. But if you're on the other side, and you see community for other reasons, um, then you can look at this. What are the roots of like negative roots of community? Um, um the. What's uh the um, um what was the word I'm trying to say the acceptance of man or mm -hmm. the but, but not that but even more than that like the people pleasing is that the praise the praise of praise. man okay okay um like like you brought this up uh uh oh boy last or two I forget when the episodes but like if you want to be on the worship team to be praised as a drummer. Or to be looked at as mm. talented, or want to be like, mm. well, that's eventually going to fade, and then your, your love for that's going to fade, yeah, and then that's going to get exposed. So, so the the wrong motive of why you even want the community mm. um, that makes sense. If you just if you simply just want culture, like minded people, that'll fade. Yeah, and I think if you want the grace of man and not the grace of God, so you have a messy life. Mm. And you feel judged by a lot of other people, and you know Christians are kind of required to offer mm -hmm. grace, mm. but you're not seeking it from God. You're seeking it from the people who follow that God. Like, I think that's probably pretty common. You know, like I, yeah. I, I've experienced this growing up in ch churches, very small. Uh, I can think of like two faces of people who like really struggled with addiction and needed to prove that they were in recovery, and so they came and played the community card. Like literally as a part of AA, you, oh, have, to, okay. you have to like yeah. say that you're going to a church or going to a faith-based organization. And I don't know if that's true, but they had to, mm -hmm. they had to, they answered to somebody and you had to sign a paper saying that they were there. And um, like, you actually got like a grace benefit from, from the people, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause if you go to like a, not all faiths are happy to accept somebody who's a recovering alcoholic. Like mm -hmm. not all, even denominations in Christianity mm -hmm. are. I'm yeah. thinking like, even if you are searching for the grace from man, 
that might fail. People might get fed up. People oh, might, yeah. Actually, I, yeah, might is the wrong word. People will. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're gonna let you down. They're gonna their grace is gonna run out, and then you're might get hurt and then I might bring you back to that mm-hmm. isolation. So do I, I don't want to describe the person too much, but do you remember the when we used to serve in Atlantic City, the person who took a bus to our church? Mm-hmm. Well the one we used to go to mm-hmm. and yep. uh he would like got like pleaded for money and got it. Yeah. And then we found out he made like three grand that day hopping from church to church mm-hmm. to church, playing, you know, he did have a he was dealt a, a crap sandwich, but mm-hmm. you know, use that the grace and abuse the grace of the community. Yeah. Um that's a dramatic example, yeah. but you can do that in small ways. Mm-hmm. Celebrities do it when they when they mess up. Like, what well, every Christian that's trying, every celebrity that's trying to get a better public image goes to Hillsong in New York City as they recover. Uh, Kardashians, Bieber, every NFL player that beats their wife, they all end up there, mm-hmm. and then they get paraded on stage for. Um, and all right, so moving on from that, because it got dark. Um, Let's go to another root of that fruit. I was thinking, so we got what so far? Seeking grace from man. What was the other one we said? Praise. Praise from man. Praise from man. Um, I was thinking social safety net. Mm-hmm. Like literally money. Um, I, oh, got, I was talking like to financial a, safety. Financial yeah. safety. Um, I was talking to a, 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 a friend of mine that I work with the other day. And um, they have families, members in our ministry, and he was telling me how they only started a church because they were fired from another job and they sold the, like the tax benefits um, from converting their house into a church. Hmm. And so he's like, my uncle makes like triple what I do. And he has a pastor of like 40 people because he just plays off the generosity of his congregation oh, members. Right. And it's so sad, um, yeah. but I'm sure that there's a, with the amount of churches that exist today, whatever that is, was it a hundred thousand in the United States? hundred thousand churches. I feel like there's gotta be more. Right? Yeah. I would uh, imagine. Yeah. Maybe not. Jamie, I, I, I have, no, I have idea. no idea. That sounds like a lot for 50 States. I mean, in Hamilton, there's five. <laughs> yeah. But if you say there's a thousand in a state, what does that put you? I don't know. Is there a thousand in a state? I mean, maybe not, maybe not Rhode Island, but it... <laughs> yeah. in Louisiana, but there's, 20,000. Uh, I'm trying to read, uh, but the first part said that it has increased by 50,000 since 1998. So I'm going to say it's over 100,000. Okay. Uh, I'm sure there's a portion of them that are are using it as like a social monetary safety net. Yeah. Which is sad. What's mm-hmm. another reason why people chase community, Joe? Um... Love, like acceptance, love. Oh, no. I meant like romantic. I mean, it could be oh, both. It could oh, be both. Yeah, yeah. That's that's true. I didn't think of that one. I mean, you, you think about like the colleges that they say. That's that, why I'm at this home group. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Well, they say like the Can the Christian win. colleges. They say that where it's like ring by spring or whatever. So it's like, but same idea. You go to a church body. There could be a hundred some hundreds or. Tens of people, so there's the opportunity. I don't, I don't know where you give me these weird feet. Tens weird. of people. <laughs> well, I said hundreds, and then I, I realized I don't know how big churches normally are. I, think I had the next, no scale. Yeah, I think the, I heard the average is eighty people. Oh, okay. That's um, and so I'll say hundreds. Yeah, I, m- more, most people go from hundreds to dozens. 
That is I what never normal heard of tens. That's what normal people do. I'm yeah. Not, so you say like I think there's ones here. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ones. Um, yeah. I would. I also think uh, generally uh, just social acceptance from like a, a peer group that you may not fit like fit into. Well, that's when I said the culture. That's kind of what I meant. Like, um, okay, if you're just a generally moral person mm. and you don't want to make friends at like a bar or like or or meet a girl or guy at a bar, mm-hmm. like you're like, oh, this is a group of <laughs> mm. you know moral people, tens of people, tens, yeah, <laughs> tens or dozens of people, like. That you could, you know, that they're not going to like, their lifestyle is not going to bring you into the gutter. Mm. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, when, when we're done here, there's a, a person I, that we used to fellowship with that is doing well. And I wanted to tell you about it. Remind me. Um, so, all right. So I think we got just generally, I, I know there's seeming like we're trailing off a little bit, but the concept of thing we're just belaboring. Mm-hmm. If, if you're, a, if, there are negative reasons to, to jump into a community. And I think. Um, I off I, I just more often I've seen the isolation one like you're isolated because you want to be for a negative reason. I don't as much see people like I want to be a part of that community, but I will say that it is a compliment to the community when it's attractive enough for people to want to be a part of it. Um, however, even if it's the wrong reason. Even if it's the yeah, wrong reason, yeah. however, it, the community should be such so gospel oriented that 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 can't happen over a long period of time. So like I, yes. if somebody is really, good, they're gonna be eventually annoyed with you saying Jesus' name so much. Yeah, you know, like do we have to pray before every meal? You know, what I mean, they're eventually gonna be tired of it. And I've seen that. Right. People who physically like they come to mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. Bible study that you're you're running and like over six months if you're just talking about the Bible like that is really annoying and they eventually fizzle out. And if they were looking for a girlfriend at said thing and then they end up moving to New York when they find one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh, you know, even people who just like really want to attend a Bible study because they want to find a girl or something, but they're you know, not the right age, or, you know, whatever, um, and they end up leaving. Um, so, you know, non-specific examples. Uh, you, you've seen people that really want to be a part of the community for the wrong reasons. Um, but in, in my life, I use the isolation is the main one because that's like the most comfortable one. Mm. Um, and I'd rather put up with somebody who wants to come into the community and, and we get the chance to say the gospel to them. Right. You know? I think that's what Easter kind of represents and the Christers, Easter and Christmas services. It's like, we know you're not here for the right reason. Yeah. But here's the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you like this community. You like the good feeling. You like holding a little stupid candle on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, that's nice for you. But here's Jesus anyway. You know what I mean? Um, that seems to be the spirit behind most churches. They capitalize on that for the right reasons. Like, if you're here anyway, it's do the gospel. Right. But the community of those holidays brings in people who are there with the wrong route. I don't think it, it matches, but I'm thinking of the example that uh, people were preaching Jesus's name. They're like, it was for the wrong motives, but this is the opposite. They're coming for the wrong motives. And that shouldn't matter because right. they're coming in surrounded by Jesus. Right. Either way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I like the, I mean, this is, eye-opening, just any root to fruit conversation is eye-opening for me. And it's like hard not to be introspective whenever you do it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think youth groups, it's really difficult, just being transparent here, it's really difficult to have a teenager have the correct route. Yeah. It's just hard for like- Because they're, they're, this is 
broad brush. Very broad, yeah. But their god at that age is to fit in with a peer group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is their idol. So find a teenager that can't, that can think past that, that's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's there's always the joke like you want to you want your youth group to grow you just get um, eligible right. males or females to start coming and then all of a sudden they come for those people and then they're bringing their friends and then you started with a couple and now you have right um, and it's because it's really difficult to navigate like you said mm-hmm. whatever they're chasing and, and and then so then youth pastors often resort to food and when you want to when you want to tap if you want to get more people in a church. You tap into the wrong fruit, the wrong root, with the hope of producing long-term fruit. So if you want breadth and not depth, that's what you do. And I think that's what a lot of churches fall into when you want it to your church to grow in number. You you hone in on people who may be coming for the wrong reason. And you like so you guys can think of a couple of church names that we've attended over the past, you know, decade specifically, maybe you guys even installed something there uh, where like it, the, the worship is so elaborate that it, it, it simulates rock cold play vibes. Right. And we don't, I mean, you can't assume the root of the people doing it, but like I kind of do that. The, the root might be that you're tapping into the root of people who just want to see a concert. And you're hoping that once they come, they sit, you can kind of like bait and switch you know, and give them the gospel. And then that, I, I, that model's rough. You know, I don't agree with that as a model for, um, like you want the gospel to be so on your sleeve that that's what's attractive, you know, and like the actual love for a brother and love for Christ to be the thing that people say, like, that's different. That's what I want. I'm not sure um, you should, you know, you see churches that, that when they want to grow, they tap into the wrong roots of the congregation members. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I think about that all the time. Like just in just in general. I mean, think about the way the world is, and I don't. And I don't. It's very broad. Well, I know. So I'm going to get there, but like, I also don't know how to. Anyway, like, think if right now every single church went back to just the guy speaking for forty five minutes, one lady on a piano. And hymn books. Mm. Every church in America went back to that. Mm. How how massive would the exodus be? exodus of of, <laughs> yeah. of people there for the wrong reason? How massive would that be? Fifty percent or more instantly. Yeah, instantly. Right. So I'm not even saying big mega churches that look like a rock concert. I'm saying. And again, none of these are for necessarily for bad motives, but we're we're looking yeah. at the you know. I think modern worship's awesome. So right, it's so, not so a slight to right. That, so yeah. it's not a slight to modern worship, but I'm just saying, even like uh, well, let's just say the Calvary Chapel movement, like that came from people appealing in a different way mm-hmm. to that group that was in Southern California. Like mm-hmm. it now made it appealing to them. now. I'm not saying like. I'm not I, saying. Oh, yeah. obviously, a lot of it was genuine, and it was like it. They they brought Christ and Christ's grace yeah. of actually letting them into a church could be appealing in and of itself. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying it's like it now. It changed the format of church yeah, because and, now there's yeah. like a, now it's like a band. I'm not sure like, that. Wait, and, what? And, and, like, and, what happened to the piano lady? And it's like you know what I mean. Like, I'm not sure in that instance that either root is wrong. It it 
it just there's potential for bad roots. Yeah. But neither root could right. I'm not well, there could well, be positive I will say fruits it, on both sides. Do you watch, see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, yeah I do. But like looking at the 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 film, which is obviously 100 percent how it happened, um <laughs> I Lonnie kind of yeah. preyed on the wrong roots of the congregation members that wanted to see miracles and healing every time. Right. Right? Because then you're saying like people are there drawing them in mm. and like that's not what God doesn't always heal. Right. And so you're giving people this false promise of of mm -hmm. you know the pool Bethesda. So um yeah, but then there's Chuck Smith who on the right roots just allowed people to serve and, and love um and come into the church like you said but i i i mean at the at the root of that though is marketing like that's yes. what marketers do is they they look at right. roots uh, well, that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, now every yeah. church has an instagram now every church you know what i mean it's just like every non-denominational i'll say but like mm. old churches that still have the old lady building the piano and hymn books like they don't have instagrams but like do you know what i mean like every Newer church, like you said, the stat, like how many people from how much it went up 50,000 churches mm -hmm. from 1998. Like all those churches now have Instagrams and they're following trends and they're doing all these things. Mm -hmm. And it just allows a lot more flesh. It allows a lot more flesh and a lot more bad roots. No, I'm not saying good fruit, fruits, good fruits could come from it. Of course. And, but, and it, I, to me, it, it stresses me out because it adds more variables than there should be in decision-making skills, processes for, for church leadership. So like you're just, it like clouds, would you say just for example, like you're, you're making a decision about uh, how worship should be presented to the congregation, like praise mm -hmm. and worship music. Um, like those, this, it is really hard to block out the noise of like, okay, if we added a, like, just say this was the case. We had an electric guitar and drums and pads. We'll probably have 20% more people in the church. That brings in some tithes. We could do a lot more with that and we could serve a lot more people. And then you start thinking like that instead of like, how can we best worship God with our congregation right now? You know, and so like, I find it would be hard to not hmm. to block out that first thought process and stick to how can praise and worship be most glorifying to God right now with these people, you know? Maybe the same result. I would say is I, I would say if you're not good if if you intentionally don't make the motive like numbers mm -hmm. and then tithes, but and I'm, I'm not to say this is a better route, but I'm just saying if but if 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 the if the decision process was okay, if I add electric guitar and I add drums, now that adds. 600 more songs that our worship band can now do <laughs> yeah. because you know what i mean because elevation yeah. because all these current bands that are writing gospel-centered music have these in them so it's a like, different route so it's a different different route and that, it might not even be a negative one it's just like now we can cover more now there's more yeah, songs it's, it's so a positive right. negative fruit right, same right. outcome um yeah if you immediately go down to like this will bring in more people and then we get more time like the, that that starts going down the negative which yeah is very there's a chance for that to seep in which is it sounds like that wouldn't happen, but you'd be surprised. And like even a few, not not the churches I've attended, but like the organization that I worked in, in in college, like that is the thought process for every single decision is numbers. Like if you are losing people and you're you're five percent down each week, you have to change how you're presenting the gospel and your worship, or you're removed from your leadership. Um. So it was like we like even to the to the effect of like. But does anybody challenge that? Yeah. Well, I didn't do it the last year I was there, like because I challenged it, and so did the, uh, the whole worship team dropped out. 
because like they, like they looked at the percentage of of people like there was a, I think I talked about this before but like there was a yeah, certain, no, yeah there was a certain Asian population on campus and um that wasn't equally represented in the group that was coming out out of six hundred people it was like fifty of them instead of supposed to be two hundred out of the six hundred thirty percent um and so they wanted more Asian cultural worship brought in so like. I didn't even know what that meant. So I just kept doing what I was doing, like the most popular worship songs at the time. Um, and every week I'd have a sit down. They wanted like me to look up and like find a, a person that was singing like a the gong dialect. Player? Yeah. Though well, not a gong player, but like <laughs> try to find someone that could sing a verse in Tagalog, you know, oh, and pull them up. Oh, literally like different like, languages. Yeah, okay. like different languages and learn like their worship in their home country and, and see if we can adapt some of those songs. And um it was exhausting, you know, if that was naturally organically being suggested by a, you know, yeah. but like hunting them down, not because we wanted to, to to help them worship in their native tongue, but because we wanted that population to be equally represented and, and to be growing, you know? Um, right. Because the alternative to that would be like, let's find some, let's find a person, minister to them, disciple them, and then they can start an Asian Bible study. Yeah. In, yeah. The, in that language. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's, that would be the alternative to that where it's not your church centered. Yeah. And it's like, how can we get them to start a, or, or even if, yeah, that a hundred percent or like it really is. If there's that many, if, if, you know, someone says, I want to join the worship team and they, and like, okay, great. Like, what do you have to offer? And they're like, well, I can sing in all these different, you know, languages. And like, I have a beautiful, and it's like, yeah. all right. So maybe in this, like the bridge of the song, you should just take it over, yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. You, you work it in organically um, in a beautiful way, which is probably how tribes got started. You know, yeah, the song, <laughs> not the original idea of what a tribe is <laughs> <laughs> for our podcast listeners. <laughs> yeah, I'm an anthropologist. <laughs> um, so root to fruit of big takeaways for uh, each of these is that for me, just right away, the breaking in the language is that you can have a a good fruit and a bad fruit. And a good root and a bad root to each of the good fruits and bad fruits. You said root and fruit so much. I know. I'm getting, I'm getting, and I'm it's like it's, it's blurring in my brain. I just hear <laughs> ripper, ripper, ripper. <laughs> That's all I hear when you say it now. And like, so you can have a really good thing happen and, and a spiritual fruit produced mm -hmm. with good and bad intentions at the heart of it. Yeah. And vice versa. And so it really is just an introspective process where you work through it slowly. And prayer. And I think for me, it is the reminder that it is a continual process, mm. that it doesn't just happen once or twice yeah. and you're good because your actions are always changing and, and motives can easily shift throughout your, your life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. When I mean, we just talked about what was that? You should know this. It was your podcast title episode. What was the. Oh, what uh, was your what was your topic you suggested that we just did and it was just published? Uh, devotion versus dedication. No, devotion versus obligation. Oh, obligation. Mm -hmm. That's root to fruit. Yeah. yeah, right. That's what that whole thing was about. Like, what's the root of your service to God? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just this, I'm not going to go. In, I'm not going to go into this at all. But I mm. at the at the top of this. No, at the top of this, I posted a. a you don't have to read it now. This is for you in the future. But it's a it's a link mm. all about this from Paul T. Penley. And the link, the, the article is Jesus Hates Holy Huddles. And uh, it's talking about Jesus and his community versus the Essene community that 
wrote to Dead Sea Scrolls mm-hmm. and how they shared many things in common. But one thing, one of the main things that they disagreed on is that the Essenes the thought they needed to isolate in the caves, which is why we have the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm-hmm. And Jesus thought we had to bring the light to the world. And that the people at the temple, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, it's not, it's not, there's a chance if they repent, there's a chance for them. It's not over for them. The, where the Dead Sea Scrolls, they're like, no, it's over for them. Like the temple is corrupt. There's no, you got, you got to get out of there and hide in the caves. And that's, that's where, that's where true, godly, pure worship will come from. You come out once a day to bathe in the mikvah, go back in, and you're just writing scrolls all day. And that's where true, and Jesus was like, no, it's, it's love your brother. The, the scenes thought you had to hate your brother. And like, mm. so there, there were a lot of things they agreed upon, but a couple of things that they strongly disagreed about, and that's what separated them. Um, but, but I just thought, it, I remember reading this like a while back, Jesus hates holy huddles. And I was like, wow, this is exactly what we're kind of talking about. Um, yeah. Yep. And one, I just want to just think through this sentence, um, and because it, it reminded me the thing I intended to talk about this whole time that I didn't bring up once. Um, but the the phrase that that this this uh, this man named uh, Miles Wernz describing um, isolation and communion, um, he has this. Then when he diagnoses the problem on why people prefer isolation from communion, he says, "Now see if you can hang tight through this this whole." This whole sentence, because okay. I, I read it many times. If Christ is the logic of creation, then there is no natural connection that does not exist needing mediating. There is no immediate connection between people that can stand or be sufficient without Christ. One more, one more again. Yeah. So if Christ is the logic of creation, then there is no natural connection that does not need mediating. There is no immediate okay. connection between people that can stand or be sufficient without Christ. So, what does that do with isolation, though? Meaning that if you want Christ in your life, they need to be mediating between you and other people. He needs to be mediating between you and other people. So, um, if you're a part of a community and Christ isn't the mediator, like his, he mediated between us and hell, right? Like he's the mediation for, like, that's the mediation that we have between him and us. But then you go to the horizontal where he mediates between you and other people. Like Christ needs to be the bond, the Holy Spirit needs to be the mm-hmm. connection in the community of fellowship. And if you don't access the fellowship and you cling to isolation, you don't want Christ to be a mediator in your horizontal relationship. So you don't want Christ's active work moving in you um, and around you. So if you don't want him mediating, okay, so if you don't want his, him mediating in the horizontal, you don't want him mediating in the vertical. Yeah, if you work backwards, that, yeah, that would be the root. Is that, what, you, is that what you're saying? Is that what you, just, the, what you just said? That'd be the root, yeah, of what he's saying, yeah, if you work backwards. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but he goes, you know, deeper, and, and it goes along. So I think the rest of this can be summarized in the article you sent. Okay. So we can post it to the episode if you want. Yeah. Um, and, and it just talks about how how much personal interpretation of the Bible um, has created a lack of the need for community. Because if if you read the Bible, mm-hmm. you just learn what you want from it mm-hmm. only, then you the community aspect of reading the Bible together and coming to probably what it actually meant and offering your own insights together, um, you never really get the full depth of what the Word has to offer for you. So yeah, and then in, in, in 
over time you just end up you end up worshiping worshiping a god of your own imagination. Yeah, one that you created. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I don't fully agree with like all of the final conclusions, but this guy offers that church should be a lot more rote than we make it out to be. Like the worship should be very, very repetitive and with the goal of memorizing because it's not an individual experience at all, worship. It's it's corporate. Um, and that like, yes, you are individually offering your praise to God, but corporate worship is teaching and admonishing. And if you're not learning from it, meaning you're not like understanding the Bible, having it written on your heart and you're just like singing a personal experience and like, like the idea yeah. of having your personal pronouns in a song is offensive to God, that you are there to offer God's attributes back to that him. That I don't agree with. Yeah. That's but I, 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 for a lot, I mean, I get the sentiment we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, me too. I, yeah, I get it. I, I mean, you know, yeah, like, then you got to throw out half the Psalms. Yeah, stuff. David had yeah. so many, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. The perspective. So we can, I can attach that because this is a summary of it. I can attach it to the episode as well. So get in the habit of this. I, I, every time we bring this back up, I'm just, man, I should be doing this a lot more often of just trying to get to the motivation behind why we do things as believers in every area. Mm-hmm. And I would like to do this with more topics too. Um, I was kicking around a couple other things we could do this for. The root to fruit. Root to fruit, yeah. Um, I forget what they were, but the idea of, of kind of like breaking down different areas where we can get to the root and fruit of, of our lives. Um, so this is one of them. Yeah, we'll still be going through Chunks and Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we have a couple of new guests that we're hoping to get on the next few weeks. Uh, I forgot to tell you about one that I talked to the other day. Oh. All right, you've been encountered. Thank you so much for tuning into the Encounter podcast and being part of the Encounter community. We treat this podcast as a ministry. We pray for it. We pray for our listeners and we pray that the guests and the information and the gospel that we share on this channel and this media platform are always and only glorifying to Christ and Christ alone. And while we do that, guys, our podcast sometimes spans one to three hours. So if you hear anything that you disagree with while we are speaking, which is highly likely, be Berean Christians, you have a few options. The first one would be to take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. The second one would be to know that your and our authority should be and always be the scripture. So before you take anything at our word, please open the pages of your Bible, read them and find out what absolute truth looks like. Find it. And then the next step would be to reach out to us. And we would love to learn from our listeners um, as you are listening through a one-way communication to about our podcast. So please reach out to us with questions, concerns. We want to be held accountable. We want to have conversations. We want to see actual growth. But first, take a deep breath. Second, open your Bible. And three, give us a shout out. Have a blessed week.